Pretty good. Cool. Okay. So, uh, so welcome. You can Thank maybe, you. maybe just start by uh, introducing yourself to the to the five folks that are probably listening. So, sure. Well, if you can understand the the exit. Welcome to the Pit of Culture, a Mountain Catholic production. But I, I am the um, auxiliary bishop, so I, I don't know what the theology is of, of, of an auxiliary nurse assistant, but at least you're part of the College of Bishops in Sydney. Uh, and uh, I used to be a, um, a citizen, well, I still am actually, but anyway, I'm a Kiwi, which means I'm not a fruit, but I am a citizen of New Zealand. And I ended up in Australia, and I've been here for a while, and then uh, the Holy Father asked me to be a, a, one of the bishops in Sydney. Neat. And that was, that's uh, awesome. August, you said, right? Well, in August last year, that's right. So just over six months ago. Wow. Uh, I'm the youngest <laughs> in Australia. So I, I just, yeah, a couple of days ago, I turned 46. Oh, cool. Well, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. Thank oh, it was St. Patrick's Day, right? Did you say? That's right. Hey, so that's that was excellent. yesterday for us and a couple of days ago because time changed. Oh, that's, right. Well, we're, that's right. We're at another side of the, uh, of the clock. So this is actually time travel happening right here. <laughs> Party tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, yep. Well, if you're in, I think if you're in Samoa, you'd be in one day, and if you cross the border into American Samoa, you'd be in the completely opposite day. You'd be in yesterday. This is now a new goal of my life. This is literally now the biggest goal of my life. <laughs> you, you fly if you fly backwards across the country. Yeah, you can go in time. Or go back in time, right? Uh, yeah, well, no, you just need to look. I think you just need to walk across anyway. But there you go, and you're in another day. <laughs> you could stand on the border and then be in more or less at the same time. Choose, choose, choose your adventure. Hmm. That sounds That's like a awesome. good one. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, thank you. Yeah, gosh. Thank you, Bishop Bumbers, for agreeing to be on the podcast with us. Um, you are the second guest ever and second wow. cleric, first bishop. So there's okay. Milestone. So you have the, yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess maybe just to kind of start out, can you just kind of like tell us about yourself? How, a little how'd bit? you become a bishop? Yeah, how'd you become a bishop? <laughs> maybe your bishop. vocation story, uh, however much you want to share is fine. How, how you become a bishop is something of a mystery before you become a bishop. <laughs> After you become a bishop, it's even more of a mystery. So there you go. <laughs> 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 so, um, uh, I, uh, I I grew up in in uh, South Auckland, which is um, Auckland's the biggest city that New Zealand has, which is pretty small uh, by comparison. But anyhow, it's uh, it was. Did you have of, a Hobbit hole? No, that's <laughs> Hamilton. That that is Dang that it. that is outside of Auckland. You get all the countryside. You get the Lord of the Rings stuff. Auckland is is I wouldn't say it's like the Bronx. But um, it's, it's kind of like there's a movie called Once Were Warriors, which is a, a really tough movie. That's South Auckland. And wow. that's I, okay. I grew up in, in the hood. Um, but, but it wasn't really that, that much of a hood. It was pretty, uh, yeah, pretty tame. Uh, and I went to a, a state high school there. And I went, um, I, I always went to Sunday Mass, but I, I really struggled with the holy thing of, of faith because. I, I grew up, like, I'm so old, I grew up in the 1970s. <laughs> and in the 1970s, you had the full flourishing of the post-Vatican II nonsense. Mm. 
Literally, po- uh, literally full flourishing, I think is probably right. It was the full flourishing. Yeah. So I went to a parish that had lots of families where families had large sizes. Uh, this is just normal. Um, there was a lot of social activity in the parish. So it was, it was a very good parish and it had been functioning fairly well. Uh, but I was the last of the, I suppose you could say, the ordinary families and generations that actually went to mass. Mm-hmm. I think after me, everything just dropped off. And growing up, I always thought to myself, I didn't know anything else, right? I always thought to myself, why is everything so stupid? Like, these, these hymns are awful. <laughs> Liturgy is great. Are these people mad? Uh, and, and the only thing that kind of kept me going was because at school, we learned history. And I realized that there were these great countries like France and Italy and Spain, and, and they were majority Catholic and had always been majority Catholic. And I thought, well, look, not everybody could have been that nuts for so long. So there's obviously, there's some, I haven't found it yet, but there's got to be something in this. Uh, it seems right. This was an age before, um, before the internet. So I, I didn't have Google to help me. Uh, I was basically stuck with people who said, Either the Catholic Church was correct, um, because it just is, or people who said, no, absolutely no way, it's not. And I'd ask them, so reasons? And they go, you'll see. They go, well, no, that's not a reason. So I was really stuck. No one could tell me anything. Um, The kinds of catechesis that you got, I I have to say, mum gave me pretty good, pretty solid kind of aspect of the faith, but it was very, very reduced and simple. It was along the lines of saying, you have to follow the Pope, you have to go to Mass on Sunday, and no funny business before you get married. <laughs> that seems like a reasonable catechesis. Like, that kind of does distill my entire experience of CCD. How about you, yeah, Matt? That's fair. Yeah, no, yeah, I think so. That was pretty much yeah. it. Those were the high points. So I, I, um, I was, I was, I'd try and ask questions. I'd try and figure stuff out. And, and yeah, I'd be given these really lame kinds of analogies. I'd go, well, no, that, that doesn't cut it. And uh, I went to see one, one of the priests who tried, tried to, I suppose, help me, I, one of the curates. He gave me this book about a priest who goes to Africa and decides not to say mass during the week. Wait, that was, is it, so I don't know a whole lot about the priesthood being as that was literally never on my radar of things to worry yeah. about in my life, but can you do that as a priest? Is, I thought you had to do it every day. I thought that was like your one thing that you had to hit was getting mass said every day. Actually, actually according to the code of canon law, the, only, the one thing you have to do every day is the uh, office. Oh, sweet. You have to do, you have to do the divine office. Um, but you don't have to say mass every day. Okay. But you're it's supposed just, to, kind of, right? Well, well, put it this way. The catechism strongly encourages it, warmly <laughs> recommends it, um, <laughs> and the catechism law. So, but, but you don't have to. Now, if you look at the theology of priesthood, yeah, it's kind of what it's all about. I mean, you're a priest. You have a sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> you get to hold The Jesus. link goes there. Um, you'd hope it would guide you along. But anyway, look. The reality, though, there there are a number of priests. Like I, I go to conventions and things like that, and I'm, I'm sort of looking around for a place to say mass, and I'm, I'm kind of wondering sometimes why the others aren't doing the same. So I guess they're just doing it in the room or something. I suppose. Yeah. But um, <laughs> we'd hope. Yeah. Who, who knows? Trunk of your car mass. <laughs> well, I have actually done that once. Hey, really? That's nice. awesome. I've wondered if that was a thing you could do. Oh, good. What was the? Mo- I was nice at a answer. camp. I had to say mass for all these kids on a camp, and it was pouring with rain. There was mud everywhere. The most dignified place was, in fact, the boot of the car. It had one of the 
I, I, so I had a little sort of, I was like at Orientum. And I was going to say it's You could like kind of hold Jesus under the... Yeah, yeah, the... it was probably at Orientum. So anyway, but that, that has happened once. And a makeshift uh, uh, baldacchino, right, is the, if the trunk is open. Basically, and I had a little level. It was, a little, it was, a, it was an Astra, so it had the, the, the little level there, and I had it all set out. And, wow. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> awesome. That's really cool. So, yeah, sorry, anyway. to, we got off track. But the book about so anyway, the African So this book, anyway, so I, I remember not being terribly impressed by this book. Um, that didn't really answer my questions. Uh, I, just, I, I just gave up on the book. Maybe there was a, a happy ending to it, but I just sort of threw it away. Um, so what, that's like I don't understand suffering. Here's silence. How about that? <laughs> well, well, there you go. Yes, fantastic. I have. Have you seen Silence? I haven't. Yet. Not yet. I have. I I know I'm going to cry a lot if I see it. So I'm kind of. Oh, it, it's an awesome. Waiting movie. for that moment. <laughs> it's fantastic. Look, the cinematography is beautiful. The plot is complicated. Um, it's not going to inspire faith or get anyone to, it's not like the mission. No, nah, everyone's bad, nah. really. And it's, it's all sad. <laughs> but, you know, I don't mind Cormac McCarthy type stuff either. Um, have you seen The Road? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, The Road is excellent. It is, it is. It's just, I, I actually, I was really, really pushing with my friends to watch The Road. And they go, what do you want to watch that for? Because some of my friends are, are more into the, you know, happy, cheerful, um, sure. <laughs> the cheerful <laughs> thing, like Lego Batman. And, and then they, were, and then they, uh, they couldn't believe I wonder. Come on, watch it. Have to watch it. Have to watch it. Have to watch it. So we were watching it, and then it was getting so bleak and so dark, and they were just giving me the evils. Um, I was anyway. I don't want to give any spoilers, but I was just happy that there was kind of like at least one small note of hope at the end. Otherwise, I thought, yeah, they really, really would have given it to me. Um, but anyway, I got to uni. Got to university. And I met a priest of Opus Dei there who was the chaplain of the campus. So Opus Dei started in, in New Zealand the same year I went to university, which was 1989. Oh, wow. cool. That's awesome. And so I met this American priest who had studied at MIT. I think he did his thesis on astral winds or something like that. Anyway, wow. uh, Father Max Polak. Great. And he gave me, so I had a good chat with him. And then he gave me two books. He gave me St. Augustine's Confessions. And he gave um, me a a book of apologetics called Reasons for Hope. Well, look, this is the first time in my life I had ever encountered anything intellectual wow. with regards to the or anything from, from our, our tradition. Mm-hmm. Never seen it before. So I absolutely gobbled it up, and I was just amazed. Uh, and, and from that moment onwards, really, I just got deep into philosophy, uh, especially written by Catholics um, and from seminarian uh, authors that I was able to get a hold of from Father Max and then, then from other sources. And I, I basically, um, yeah, when I haven't ever stopped. <laughs> it's <Wow>. just, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 and that's how you become a bishop, kids. Uh, yes. Yeah, well, more or less. So, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I was really, really into it. And, and uh, I mean, I went on, I, I studied at university to be an economist. And okay. uh, I, I, I went across to Australia because I, I ended up, I joined Opus Day a year later. I, I, um, I made this big mistake. Of, now, did of, you join Opus Dei as a priest or as a layman? As a layman, yeah, because the, the, the big mistake was that I, I, I was very open in my prayer to what God wanted. Um, and I had, <laughs> so in my, in my mental prayer, uh, I, I said to God, look, what do you want of me? What should I do? But I had in mind, look, should I really be doing one hour a week volunteer service with Red Cross or Something along those lines, you know, be generous. (laughs) 
and I, I was open. I was really open. I said, okay, God, you know, what do you want? And, and then the problem was he showed me. So I actually <laughs> what he wanted of me. And I, I, it's hard to explain, but it was like an intellectual vision. Uh, and it, it, it was not even priest. It was worse than that. It was as a numerary member of Opus Dei. So I thought, oh, this is the worst. This is the pits because you have to live apostolic celibacy and you don't even get any recognition for it. Like, <laughs> I mean, like oh, you're right. You know, so, uh, I felt sick. Um, <laughs> having seen what I saw, I couldn't really get rid of it. You know, I tried my best, <laughs> but yeah, there was no way around that. Uh, this is and, actually supporting my king. This is so I have this working theory of vocational yeah. discernment, which is like you discern and then God shows you what your vocation is. And you're like, oh, <laughs> but like it's the thing that keeps staying there. And so yeah. suddenly you realize you're living that vocation. Yeah, well, I tried my best to, you know, to I, maybe it's psychological, maybe it's sociological, maybe it's this, maybe it's, I mean, I, I, don't worry, I had a vested interest in trying to see why it was, you know, wasn't the case. Uh, and I almost convinced myself into, well, maybe it's as a supernumerary. So that's a member of Hobbes who gets married. Okay. Uh, but I think one day, my, my friend's mom is one. Oh, okay. Okay. So I, I was, but I was some, a few months later, I was shaving. And I just looked at myself in the mirror, and, was, and I just knew, nah, it's near me. I mean, uh, <laughs> 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 I, I want the, the freedom not like to shave Monday. every day. And then Monday, I was doing a computer assignment because uh, I part of my management degree, you had to do some compulsory subjects. And this particular one, it was it was for management students. The people doing it didn't really care. That was just an absurd assignment that I had to do. I was so annoyed with the assignment, I just threw it aside, and I went to a center of open state and said, "Okay, I'm joining. Where do I write?" <laughs> Yes. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> I wrote a letter saying, you know, I want to join up as a new member. Um, so that was that. There we go. That was back in 1990. Wow. Wow. Uh, you, you don't want to know so how old I was then. What's that? You probably don't want to know how old I was then, or Marina. Yeah. 90? Yeah, probably not. I was, I was one. <laughs> You're one. Okay. I was well, one. At least. one. <laughs> uh, I, I was with some university students the other day because I'm, I'm, I'm on the board of a, of a college called St. John's. Mm-hmm. I was talking to these young students, how are you going? And I had studied at their university. It was at the University of Sydney. And I realized I had already graduated before these guys were born. So, right. Yeah. Right. Anyhow. Uh, but when I was, it was a bit of being, I was working as an economist in New Zealand. It was in 96. And um, uh, it was suggested to me. I said, well, have you thought about being a priest? And I said, not really. I said, well, why don't you have a think? And I said, oh, okay. I had a think. And I said, all right, yeah, well, why not? So I went off to, I re- re- resigned from my job and I uh, went off to Rome. Oh, wow. Whoa. Just like that? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, and I, so now, I spent is, seven years. Because Seminary is in Rome, right? Yeah, that's right. So I spent the okay. next seven years in, in Europe. Um, I was three years in Rome, did a Bachelor's of Theology. Then I went to Spain uh, to the University of Navarre in Pamplona and I did higher studies in philosophy. So I got a PhD uh, nice. Specializing in the in virtue epistemology in Linda Zagzebski. You know, she's from the University of Oklahoma. No big deal. I mean, of course. Oh, her. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, and then um, I got ordained as a priest. Wow. And I got posted wow. in the far south of Spain in a place called Almeria, which I had not heard of until I arrived there. Um, and as is usually the case, when I when it, it was one of those places um, that it, it looks like a moonscape. 
So I think they used to film some of the spaghetti westerns at this uh, at this town. Wow! Yes. <laughs> uh, my heart my heart really sank when I arrived because I thought that this this is just horrible. I mean, where have I come? From? <laughs> but after five months, I was really sad to leave. I'd met everybody. I, I loved it. Um, and then I then I got posted in Sydney in in two thousand three, uh, and I've been here ever since. Wow! Nice. So you that's were, awesome. So you were a priest of Opus Dei. Until you got yes. me to bishop. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Yeah, yes, that's really neat. Uh, yes. It sounds oddly familiar to uh, what Fulton Sheen's first assignment, right? Wasn't he put in uh, like a inner city parish or something doing like work with the but poor? That, but that wasn't the one where he, where he says the joke, where he asked the kid how to get there? No, that was that was a different one. Oh, I don't know. He I says, don't know that story. He was lost. I don't know. I, mean, I think that was on his. That, sorry, it may be a different story. When he was on his way to give a, a talk somewhere and he was a bit lost, and he asked a kid and he said, Can you show me where it is? And the kid gave him directions. And then, of course, imitating the cure of ours, he said, well, you've shown me how to get there, and I'll show you the way to heaven. Wow. And the kid responded, buddy, mister, if you don't know the way to get there, I don't know that you know the way to get to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's a good story. That sounds like him. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, well, that's neat. That's so I guess even, with all your... It's so, so old, it's, it's kind of cool to listen to Fulton Sheen. You know, I remember one Saturday night being with some... Um, some senior senior students and we just had a, had the windows down and we were playing Fulton Sheen at top volume just driving around the uh, the, the, yes. the, the hood that's awesome <laughs> driving around the hood <laughs> Fulton Sheen okay here we go just... it's a, yeah, so that's it's... kind of a question that I'd ask I guess like who are yeah. some of your top like spiritual reading or philosophy reading or like what would you recommend particularly kind of given your I don't know experience with the university being so formative for you and kind of yeah. everything that you're involved with. Like, what would you tell young adults, people in college, people just out of college, like, what do you think would be cool stuff for them to check out? Well, you're going to develop a taste for things, I think. So, you know, you, you do start off with something uh, simpler, maybe. Um, and then you, once once you've got, once it's bitten into you, you know, you, you realize you, you just can't stop. Mm -hmm. Um I mean, reading Aquinas first off might work for some. I don't know that it will work for many. Uh, having said that, of course, there's one kid I know. He's now studying in Rome. I always tell the story about him, but he, so he'll have to live with it. But when he was a teenager, he was going through basically the priest's library. So you have, you know, all the books and the, the priest's library. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. He's curious. He was going through And he found one volume, and he was fascinated by it. It was the 1917 Code of Canon Law. Wow. Not the 1983, <laughs> this is the 1917 Code of Canon He took it and he read it cover to cover. Unreal. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's not what you'd recommend to a 14-year-old, but there you go. Uh, and he loved it. Mm -hmm. He loved it. He was just fascinated I assume by he's going to become a canon lawyer. <laughs> well, he's he now studying at the seminary at the NAC. Uh, nice. in, so, yeah. I mean, he's a normal kid. Uh, he's a normal kid. I mean, <laughs> but it was just this thing. I mean, who knows? Sometimes <laughs> not in your usual sort of like I don't know life teen literature uh, list, is it? I mean, you know, sort of. You know, it wasn't, so, kind of it wasn't softened or anything like that. Yeah, gosh. No, one of my cousins I think read the Bible cover to cover when he was uh -huh. like, twelve uh -huh. or thirteen or something like that. His mom's like, "You're doing what?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah second or third time." <laughs> Wow. No, I mean, that, was, because... that was part of my conversion was like we had a catechism around and I just started reading it and I was like, hey, this is cool. Well, wow. you, you know, uh, Ott, the, uh, all those dogmatic formulae, 
you know, uh, the um, you've seen Ott? Yeah. So he just has all. I got a degree. Uh, So I was under doing my master's at Ave Maria and then did my undergrad at Thomas Aquinas College. So I've seen lots of random things in the course of this experience. Well, I I got to. Well, the thing is, is that like things like that, where it's really succinct, I suppose it's a bit like that's where Twitter is so good, because, you know, you get 140 characters. You really got to say what you mean. Yeah, Uh, it's a little bit like that. And I love I love those sorts of formulations because there's plenty to, to chew on. Um, like out of devotion, I remember once I, I had a chance because normally, I mean, Hollywood's really busy, right? And I, and I had a chance, so I escaped on a Friday morning or something like that. You know, Good Friday could have been Good Friday morning uh, to the cathedral at St Mary's, which is a beautiful cathedral here in Sydney. And and I, I just tucked myself away, and the, the, everyone else was doing Stations of the Cross, but I had uh, one of the books from the Summa Theologica. Uh, on the real presence, I, I just, I just sort of like oh, hid there and read that. Nice. Um, <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> that was my that, for me. That's that move. I find it very moving. I, I find it very devotional. Reading dogmatic formulae. Um, <laughs> well, that, well, I mean, I think that there's something real about that, though, too, because I mean, even think about it. The mind that gate and one of, I mean, yeah. So I probably have a bias with my background to Thomas, but yeah. You know, the beautiful thing about it is that the mind that gives us all those formulae, it's like he also can give us Osalatoris Hostia. Like yes. he gives us these beautiful hymns yeah. to the Eucharist. And so it's, it's just like you see kind of the breadth of his soul in that. And I think that's really something that like helps you see just the bigness of God and the wonder of him, mm-hmm. which is sure. really sweet. I think, yeah, I think yep. maybe two of my favorite lines just of like spiritual reading, song, whatever, would be from the Tantum Ergo. Um, what is it? Um, Faith for all defects supplying where the feeble senses fail. Sensum defectu. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's like, if yeah. I got a tattoo of anything, I probably would get those two lines <laughs> somewhere. I don't know. But, well, or it's, yeah, I mean, it's like even the story about St. Thomas. You know, it's all straw. Yeah. You know, what would you ask of me? Only you, oh, Lord. Like, oh, my heart. Sure, sure. No, I mean, it's a thing, you know, he's, I mean, when you read anything of the saints, I, I, it's one of a, a gripe I have is um, that, like, I, I have to attend now for my sins, a lot of committees. And <laughs> <laughs> how you get out of purgatory is you go to a committee meeting. Oh, I reckon, I reckon they should, they should be attaching uh, uh, indulgences to attendance. <laughs> at, at committees, but, That'd be sweet. Uh, that would make parish meetings so <laughs> awesome. Everyone would go, and then they'd go even longer. I don't know. I don't know if they would go. <laughs> I think you should have adults. Even still, yeah. But the um, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, Sin, I mean, indulgences. I, the committees love preparing prayers. They they draw up their own prayers, and 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 they're <laughs> they're really awful. So it's kind of so like what, what can happen when people like write their yeah. own like eulogies, and you're just like, oh. yeah, just use a saint. Use a saint. Like they have got plenty of prayers you can draw from the saints because there's someone who's actually in contact with God and, and you can pray. But anyway, that's God, a... who's that? <laughs> well, dear well, Father God. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm only joking, of course, but yeah, you know. Oh uh, dear. So, uh, so aside from Thomas, then who are some of? Hmm. I guess maybe a few other of your heroes, if we can call them that. I suppose. Heroes. I don't. Otherwise. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I mean, I, I've read a lot of San Jose Maria Escriva. Mm. Um, 
and, and and because I know Spanish, I've read a lot of San Jose Maria scripture. So not everything's been translated. Right. Uh, okay. And and I've seen him on video, and I've spoken to a lot of people who knew him. So I really know that saint, and, and I feel like I really, really know that saint. And and so when I read anything of his, I mean, I have a real context to that, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I always get draw a tremendous amount from that. And even you know, I can read. Say they may have may have a transcript of of when he's been just in a, uh, a gathering of people and just speaking freely, uh, and there's so much common sense and spiritual supernatural sense in what he's saying, you know, because he's saying that it's it's really really wonderful for my own prayer uh, when I'm able to to do that. So I, I yeah get a lot out of that. Nice. What's um I don't know just maybe some insight. Uh, that you've, I mean, there's probably a mountain of insight that you've gained from him, but like a, I don't know, top two or three things that kind of educate your life from um, his teaching and from his example and from Opus Dei that he founded and all of that. I mean, the the big one is is divine filiation. So I think in a lot of places people talk about um, a kind of a mystical marriage with the Lord, you know, that's kind of a spousal understanding. But but the one that I would have is more of a as, as a, a son of God. Mm-hmm. So as a, being a brother of Jesus and as a result, you know, seeing God as well, or being ipse Christus Christi, uh, you know, in the sense of with your baptism. So you are Christ, uh, but in that relationship, seeing, seeing God as Father. Oh, okay. And wow. having, yeah, well, see, having that understanding that, that, well, you're doing things as part of the family. Um, and you totally giving of yourself, but as part of the family, you know, so with that freedom that comes from being a child of God, uh, that's, and and it's a spirit of freedom. So you, you demand of yourself for the sake of the mission, but it's not in a militaristic way. It's not, it's, it's as you would pitch in for the family. Mm -hmm. And so you're also understanding with yourself you can be easy on yourself at the same time um and when you stuff i mean like saint Teresa of lisieux shows that in a really wonderful way i mean she's incredibly demanding on herself but at the same time she's quite understanding with the times she falls asleep or or whatever you know right. in a sense it's god her father mm-hmm. and saint maria would say that he's you know he was not afraid um even when he looked at something like fear of the lord it was always fear of offending your dad rather than like Oh my goodness, you know, Diazide, um, which I, I might a little bit of Diazide too, you know, I mean, it, that, that could be pretty awesome. But it's, but it's always, it's always the, you know, it, it's, it's, it's your father um, who, I mean, loves you as a father, right? I mean, more than any earthly. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's, that's the kind of confidence that you carry with you. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, I think that's, I didn't ever know that about Opus Dei. That's really interesting. And St. Jose Maria, because um, we've talked on the podcast a ton about sure. um, how God is a just like a good and loving father, like the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. And I went to um, this national conference. You know that, conference. Hor- you have that horrible hymn, that really horrible hymn about, ah, God is an awesome God. God, God oh, awesome. he reigns. Yeah, I can do hand motions too. <laughs> Hashtag Protestant times. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> you say, ah, God. Anyway. You love Rich Trick. Mullins, but not that song. <laughs> no, I mean, but it's, I don't know how, what it's like in Australia. I imagine it's probably exactly yeah. the same as here. Um, yeah, but I mean, fatherhood. Except they get kangaroos, I think. <laughs> With kangaroos. It's America plus kangaroos. Yep. And right. the, so the drains go respect. the other direction, and, right? And spiders. Oh, oh, oh yeah, the spider uh, thing. That, uh. I just saw I had one running across this, this, uh, this uh, I, I don't know where he's got to now. I saw one r- running past the uh, laptop, but 
I take it it wasn't one of the ones that's the size of your hand? Oh, the Huntsman. If it was, that would be okay. <laughs> they they the cockroaches. Oh, man. That's oh, man. So okay, oh. bugs. We digress, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, but I mean, like the 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 such. There's kind of such a been such an attack on fatherhood. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I suppose probably sure. since the sexual revolution, maybe we could just say the last four or five sure. decades. Um, yeah. But it's just, gosh, it's just so important. It seems like it just keeps coming up at all of these. Like you hear speakers started to talk about it a lot more now, and um, like the song "Good Good Father." I know that there's lots of people who hate that song mm-hmm. by Chris Tomlin, but it's just so perfect. And like listening to the prodigal son, I mean, it's just perfect to describe. It's like, yeah, God loves you, like a son. Well, you know, that's one of the one of the difficulties um, that you find as a result of of those. Look, I mean, there's always been difficulties with the family, but I guess it's accentuated today in that area. You find now this this is kind of being speaking now as an older person. (laughs) It's these days. but there's a lot of generous people who come to the faith and they have though those problems from home mm-hmm. with the the, mm-hmm. the difficulty of that of that relationship with their dad and, and that i mean grace builds on nature so grace can do a lot but it it, it does lead in discernment to a certain problem sometimes with seminarians or, or with others who are really trying to seek that way um they have authority issues Mm-hmm. So that continues into their priesthood, you know, and and they um, they continue with those sorts of wounds, and and so there's there's real need for some form of addressing that, you know, that healing that or finding ways through that, you know. So generosity is not enough uh, yeah. when it comes. Well, to- and it's interesting that you mentioned that because Matt and I were talking about that actually before you hopped on earlier today. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about this this idea of like. What I mean, like something I think that I've really appreciated as a woman in the church is just the emphasis that has been put on, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, John Paul II, um, all of the stuff on like dignity and vocation of woman, all of that stuff on Mary. And so there's this, I think, a fairly decent catechesis if you just do a little digging to finding like kind of an understanding of being a woman in the church, what that means, what the female vocation is, spiritual motherhood, all that. But I think when we think spiritual fatherhood, people think like, oh, priests and yeah. maybe brothers. And then they think, well, and then when you think natural fatherhood, you mean dad. And so yeah. and so I've wondered a lot about, you know, in general, kind of the fall off that happens, particularly noticeably with uh, single Catholic men in their, you know, late teens through the rest of their lives, I guess. What do you see there? Like, what is their kind of way that they can help with those father wounds or address those father wounds, I guess, um, within the church as a whole, like, how does that work out? I guess, do you, or do you have any thoughts on that? I I mean, obviously St. Joseph is the patron, right? I mean, for the church, you know, you look at fatherhood, I know some, some, some fellows who are working in theology and they're they're really looking to the, the, the role of St. Joseph uh, for, for understanding fatherhood. But having said that, I mean, you need, um, you, you need to be in contact, I think, with with men who who model fatherhood really well, who are um, able to 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 go go outside of themselves in in helping to serve others and and you know showing that that strong uh, paternal uh, confident you know in themselves, mm-hmm. but loving, caring, 
you know, all, all of that that can go into to what it means to be a, a good dad, you know, um, approachable. And, and when you see that modeled with, with certain men, I mean, it's very, very attractive. Uh, you know, men, women, everybody, you know, they, they really tend to that. Someone who, and, and, and look, I've been very, very fortunate in seeing with certain priests who were Spaniards who really had that sense of, of um, human understanding. Um, sometimes I think in the Anglo circles, we can be perhaps a little bit too cerebral uh, or, or, or sort of Irish strict. Uh, yeah. you know, and, and with the Latins, you, you, get, you get a lot more humanity. So there's an understanding of when you break the rules. I mean, you, you're kind of supposed to break the rules. You bend everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're much more into that. So it's a, it's a lot more human in how they go about stuff. And, and, and that, that's helpful too. Uh, but I have also, but when you know, when you come across, say, married men um, who've been good fathers, you know, they've been open to life, but they they're able to to really um, be sensitive, I guess, to where others are at, and they think of the others. You know, they're not sort of collapsed in on themselves, um, which can happen sometimes. Some people they they lose confidence, uh, and they they really I don't know just shut down and, and turn away from people, and that that can be quite. Maybe they don't realize it, but that can be quite damaging um, to the to the people around them when they just shut down and shut in on themselves. Mm-hmm. So being around people who don't do that, who are who are really you know because of their, their prayer life is not just devotion. Their prayer life has a devotion that leads them to to go out to people and to to really um, minister in that way. Mm-hmm. Is it's, it's very 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 moving. Um, and I think when you have men's groups in the parish, you, you're going to get one or two of those sorts of men that can help the others to learn from that, to learn what it means to not to be selfish. Uh, and, and I think that's really that, that kind of modeling is really helpful. Um, but you'll find that in parishes, it's difficult to get men's groups going, not because there aren't men who want to do it. They do. Mm-hmm. I don't know why there are priests who stop it. It's not their idea. They feel threatened by it. Maybe I, I just don't get it. Uh, it's yeah, they 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 they're really opposed to it, and it's really necessary. Mm-hmm. So I like the Bishop of Phoenix who who promoted those men's groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bishop Olmsted. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is awesome. That's, I know I some would, people who are involved in those groups um, sure, out there. I'd, love, and... I'd really love to try to promote that here in Sydney in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the his. Have you read his pastoral letter then too? The, I flicked through it. Yeah, yeah, it, gosh, it yeah. I mean, it's got great advice. I thought even for women, it's. Mm-hmm. Like just super mm-hmm. excellent, like mm-hmm. advice on how to have that kind of friendship and companionship that I think is, it's just, it's weird to me how there's not a whole lot. I feel like we have church on Sunday and then maybe you have a young adults group for the whole diocese that like 10 people go to, or maybe you have mm-hmm. like your parish is really particularly lively, but it mm-hmm. seems like far too often it's like you and like, I'll go, I've gone to mass where it's been me. And then the average age after excluding me is like, gotta be 80 yep. at least. And it's like, I mean, oh, I get it's a 4 PM Saturday mass, but come on guys, where's when sing, everybody? When you get sing a new church into being or something that that's only, I haven't seen that. I only saw that in that stupid video of the puppets. But oh have, Yeah. No, we do the, the, I mean, generally the music, uh, I've been fortunate that our music, our um, priest at our church has a doctorate in liturgical music at the, so when I go to Norvis Ordo, he's 
does that or I'll go to like Eastern Rite Catholic or I'll go oh, to yeah, Tridmas. So I'm actually super blessed. Um, uh, but I've been at churches where it's definitely, you know, raising us all up on our eagle's wings. And I still don't know why that's a hey, hey, as, as somebody who grew up in a small town parish, I, I do have a soft spot for on eagle's wings. But at the same uh, time, at the same time now, it's, no, I know. I know. It's like, you know, I'll I'll go get my 40 lashings after we're done. But that's OK. Uh, no, but I now where I live in Spokane. Um, I go to the cathedral parish and it's, you know, big and beautiful. And we're blessed with a phenomenal organist and beautiful choir that sings at 11 a.m. And it's not now when I reflect back on, cause like I sang in the choir and, you know, you have limited yeah. options. It's OCP to the max and whatever. Um, but one of the more that I think about it, it's like my, my uh, childhood, like the, the way that music can enrich the experience at mass that was just all lacking there yeah it could have been yeah. i remember walking into tac mass the first time being like and it was like i somehow went to the like latin mass and they were doing chant and i just remember being like like wait what like i didn't know yeah. that that was a thing that I, you yeah. know i mean i i had seen movies about the renaissance and the middle yeah. ages and also a knight's tale yeah. but i didn't know outside of a knight's tale stuff like that could happen mm -hmm. it's so and beautiful even they had electric guitars when I was in seminary, we, we used to do like four-part voices to medieval Italian hymns and stuff. Oh, it was man. really great. I, I loved it. That's awesome. Um, That's but, really cool. <laughs> but the thing is, is that uh, with the I, when I first started out as a, as a school chaplain, um, I didn't pay too much attention to the hymns in the sense like the kiddies would sing their hymns. And I was like, whatever, they're just kiddies. They're just hymns. But as, I went, as it went by and I, I – was able to get one of the fellows to form a scholar and they began to do these Latin hymns at school. I realized this is having a really positive effect on the young boys and, and vocations came from that to wow. the priesthood. Mm -hmm. uh, and you think, no, this is actually serious. So although there's always a lot of opposition and especially older people, because they've been so traumatized by leaving that, it's very hard to get them to go back to that, even though it's incredibly beautiful and moving and fruitful and all the other things. So, you know, it, it's kind of obligatory that you have the person who can't play the guitar well, that has an awful mass setting. Uh, you have the older people, you know, your, your, your older generation singing, you know, what is this place? And, and I'm certainly wondering, what is this place? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like how these songs do have the magical ability or the intentional ability to ask the questions very vocally that I'm often thinking yeah. in my head at that so time. We, so we build so the city I, of God? Do we build the city of God? We all know that we have to renew music, but I'm still trying to find the practical way to do that because, you know, when you have um, priests who have been at the uh, – I'm trying to think of some sort of – what's the way of saying coalface, but but with regards to the uh, to the church? Mm. There's no real substitute for that. But priests have been, been, been there for 20 years. You know, they say, oh, I've been doing this for 20 years. And you go, yes. Um, maintenance mode. That's, a, that's what that's called. Maintenance yeah. mode, yeah. 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 We've just and always done think, it that okay. way. Yeah. Bureaucratic Jansenism, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I hope you do that, that, that article on bureaucratic Jansenism. Yeah, I'm that's working good. on it. Did you tell Marina? Yeah, um, I, I, I filled him in. I filled her in. Okay. Did yeah, I tell yeah. you yesterday? No, yeah. it sounds good. Has no, you didn't. Heart. Nope. You Gotta went to a St. Patrick's Day party and did not tell me about your bureaucratic Jansenism oh, idea. Yeah. Well, we're just talking about how some parishes, dioceses, just, I mean, seem to just have committee meeting after committee meeting after committee meeting and never actually get things done and all this stuff. And so yeah. I was like, oh, that kind of sounds like bureaucratic Jansenism. 
The hardest way has it's to true. be the best way. It's yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> do you mean there's another way? What? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think that like the music thing, what I think, and I think the reason that people get shocked and we were even talking about this a little bit too, Bishop, was the idea that like the orders that are getting vocations are like the hardcore orders. You're not seeing people mm. like people want to join orders that are hardcore. They want to go to seminaries that are like really hardcore. Um, and in fact, even in a lot of the marriage prep literature, you see that getting more and more, I think, back to theology and less like, let's well, do CCD part eight. But it's, sure. I don't know. It seems that like you want, I mean, if you're going to do something, you gonna and do if it. I mean, if, yeah, right. Yeah. If I'm going to go to mass every Sunday for the rest of my life, um, yeah. God willing, like, I, I don't want it. I don't want another homily on Jesus loves you. Like, that's cool. I get that Jesus loves me. You've been, I've heard this a lot. Um, oddly yeah. enough, you can do, but I want a homily that says, Hey, sin, it's a thing like pride. Why do you do that thing? You know, stuff that is worth doing a reason to do it. Someone who's real to fall in love with and do those things for, I, I don't like, I don't know. It seems like the heart wants to sacrifice. What's what was that? that? You're going to pray. I know, right? What? Come on, it's about it's about fulfilling obligations, and and you just have less of them. Yeah, they print right. out the nice the card. Box. They print out the nice card for you, so you can just read it right off there. So yeah. you don't actually have to. Sure. Yeah, I, look, I just, I just, all you have to do is just have, you know. So if you're to be hip and cool, you just have less obligations. That's it. But it's all obligations. Right. <laughs> and it just seems like, but it seems like that never works. It seems like, and that's what I don't get about I never this. Why don't people demand? more i feel like when you demand more people tend to show up more like it's like one of my friends teaches nfp and she says a lot of times with nfp they found that you have to charge over a hundred dollars or nobody mm. bothers charting if you charge that's under a hundred dollars they've discovered people just won't well, do any right. of no, it that's, that's well covered in economics mm -hmm. that kind so of like why is that Something demand goes up when you raise price mm -hmm. when you offer something for free they're only going to treat it like it's free we see that at Flockman all the time. It's like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, even for World Youth Day and these things, you know, it's probably worth getting kids to have to pay something towards it. Or it's even like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I know that was something TAC had a, anyone who was on scholarship, which is like the entire college, we all had to like work at various times. And so you had oh. to do your 13 hours. Yeah, Just yeah, so yeah. it became meaningful. But but uh, but I think that, that is true, like with, with regards to marriage preparation. I mean, if you're going to get married, well, okay, you know, you, you, you're understanding, you understand the, the difficulties uh, in the culture. And you go, okay, well, I'm going to take this step. You know, let's, okay, what are we going to do? You know, we really got to get into this. Um, it should be more than just because grandma's going to disown you if you don't get married in the church. Correct. So, uh, <laughs> people really, they really do want to, see, the thing is, what's different to the past is that people have a much higher degree of education. Um, I'm not saying that we have more common sense, but we do have right. a high degree of education. I was going to say, makes us think we know and more. Well, as, as a result, you know, we, we, we need more intellectually satisfying answers, and we're up to it. Uh, we can do it, you know, like, mm -hmm. bring it on. Right. That's right, if I, we all made it through Algebra 2, we can at least, oh, that's what if I, not I, calculus. I love that Bishop Barron says that all the time. He's like, don't dub down the message. If my, you know, he's like, if my 17-year-old junior in high school nephew can handle advanced calculus, then you better You're not 17 in junior can... high school. No, no, his nephew. Like, <laughs> yeah. So his 17-year-old nephew can, can but, but handle, like, yeah. I had, a, I had a few experiences recently where 
Now, I, I work in youth youth ministry. You well, that that's because you're so young. We, we do have youth ministry. Oh, that, that, I think we're technically, are we youth still? Yeah, are we still youth according to the diocese? No, yeah. we're young adults till we're 52. Then we're not young adults anymore <laughs> in my diocese. No, <laughs> that was a was, cutoff determination. He said, he said youth with an F. With an F. Oh, is that a thing? Youth, I've never heard that before. <laughs> so, and, and it's all, it, it, as, as you could imagine, it's it's about pizza, games, <laughs> and pizza, and there was a YouTube video that has this guy doing this thing, and we're going to have this 40-minute talk with this old guy you've never met before, and then... <laughs> pizza! <laughs> so I said, youth, youth ministry, so I'm in, into that, and um, it, 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 I there's, look, there's a lot of gatekeepers all around, and... The, the, yeah, it's really hard. So, I mean, it's push, push, push to have something a bit more intellectual. And, and it's just mind-blowing that you would do that. But having said that, I did uh, – I was able to attend recently a, um, a a day about religion in the public forum at Parliament House, at the State Parliament. And we invited a number of, of kids who were like 15, 16 years old from different Catholic schools. There was about 60 of them. Cool. And we had lecturers from the University of – what we call Notre Dame. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Notre Dame. No. American <laughs> has our own version of things. Not Notre Dame. Um, anyway, so and we had from philosophy, from law, from uh, political science, and they gave clear but but high, you know, heavy hitting lectures on these topics, and the kids lapped it up, no problems. Wow, and I'm sure there were aspects that they didn't get, but no worries, you know, up up to the challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, they loved it. There's no way in the world you'd be able to get something like that through at a typical youth concert. You know, you, you you've got to have your hands up in the air. I don't know any paraphernalia with with regards to youth uh, that doesn't have kids with their hands up in the air, sort of just going like in <laughs> ecstasy. Which is weird because I feel like these kids are still at that point where you're as a you know, in my experience in teaching, you're still doing things like, hey, deodorant, this is this thing that we're all going to learn about. So I don't, I've never understood the up in the air thing because I've been like, well, you know, a lot of those kids still working on the deodorant idea. And I think that it's not helpful to anybody in any way. Yeah. But that's, that's that, 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 you know, you, you can't do it otherwise. It has to be that way. You know, and so if you actually did it otherwise, people would just, you know, mind blown. Like imagine having a youth mass and it was like mass. With like incense and stuff. Well, mass. I don't know. Just mass. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine just mass. And people go, like, what? 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 <laughs> got to drums. You got to have the. You know all the, anyway. That's the and reason. Just, that's the reason that Jimmy Fallon stopped going to mass. Did you know that? No. He, he gave an oh. interview back in like 2012. Um, uh-huh. he, somebody asked about asked him about being raised Catholic or whatever, and. He said he went. He started going when he was struggling back in L.A. or something like that. He's like, yeah. I really liked when I was little, and you could serve and like make five bucks at a funeral or whatever. But like it was, it was mass, mass. He said it was just mass. It was mass, mass. Incense, yeah. bells, all of that stuff. And he's like, when people started yeah. to, you know, have beach balls and happy clappy this and that and whatever. It's like then it was just like whatever. I stopped going. Well, when you get the running commentary, for, I mean, unless father is is, is in incredibly gifted with, you know, the, the knowledge of the fathers or something like that. It, the, 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 what drives me mad is when I see a mass and they're, they're just introducing all sorts of other things and making commentaries and it's all banal. Oh, the like, let me tell you about the, this book is reported to be written by Paul. 
But in fact, it was actually a scholarship discovered written by this other guy who was not St. Paul. So it might be St. Paul. And you're just like, wait, why was that just a thing that happened? There's a, I used to go to a men's group, um, and a priest who shall remain nameless, who lives in Spokane, who's of the old, um, guard, um, recommended to a guy who was there, I guess it was this guy's spiritual director, recommended that he read the Gospel of Thomas. And this guy suggested we maybe oh, read the gosh. Gospel of Thomas next. And I'm like, uh, what's the way that, uh, it's like, do you know how government officials learn how to spot counterfeit money? They don't study all the different kinds of counterfeits. They study the real thing so that they know a counterfeit when they see it. I'm like, well, why, would, be, why would a priest yeah. say that? To be fair, when I am uh, in, in debate with fundamentalists, uh, and that comes down to, you know, sola scriptura and all those sorts of arguments. I am naughty and I do recommend the Gospel of Thomas to them. Really? Because, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I How agree. come? What's the argument there? Because we don't accept it as canonical. Oh, right. Right. And why, would, but why what, wouldn't they, also, they right? Yeah. Yeah. Unless they're just following our lead. I do like the divine, there's no divinely inspired <laughs> table of contents argument. <laughs> There's no table. Of I like yeah. the uh, St. Augustine, St. Jerome letters. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> what is in fact, well, that's yeah. when they, that's before the council. So that's before the church had an official ruling. And there oh, was yeah. a legitimate question of what books were going to end up in like the official scripture. But when the church made that pronouncement, everyone had to go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but but the, there was the, question just because they didn't have like a library. They had right. like even in their liturgy, I mean, the way they've got communion rails, they've got all this sort of stuff. I mean, it's just, you know, where the, where the, where the tabernacle would be, just put a Bible or something. I mean, you can no, see, God. you can see how, how dependent they are upon the whole thing. So, yeah. So helping them to see that they follow tradition. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You have tradition. It's just, it's just Episcopal tradition or Lutheran tradition or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I oh, think so that kind of comes to, Oh, go ahead, Matt. Oh, no, I was going to change the subject before we start, before we get going too long. We've already been going for almost an hour. Yeah, no, no, no. That, that was what I was going to bring up, too. So yeah. go ahead. Oh, sweet. Okay, so we would be completely remiss, especially for Catholic Twitter. Oh, Anybody dropped out here. Oh, can you still hear us? Yes, no, I can now. Oh, you just perfect. dropped out okay. for a second. Uh, yep. Oh, okay. We would be completely remiss if we didn't mm-hmm. ask you how you uh, developed a love for memes and yep. uh, Catholic social media and <laughs> all that. So yeah. So maybe just kind of... Oh, well, that's it. true. I think it's, it's sort of stumbled upon... The, I, I think it was Harambe, I have to say. That was that was kind of what started it all. <laughs> oh, my gosh. my Yeah, I taught for a while. It hasn't even been a year. You know, St. Harambe. They want him to be canonized, St. Harambe. You mean he hasn't already? Well, the, well, the, 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 uh, the one-year anniversary will be the Ascension this year. Ah, how fitting. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so I, I... Please bring that up I, in your homily. It's too, irreverent, it's too irreverent, but if you saw these gorilla feet sort of going up in the air, I, was, I, I really don't know. But <laughs> it's just too much. But, but it kind of started, it kind of started with, with, with that. And then, I, you know, the whole thing of memes. And, and I realized with a little bit of Photoshop, you can create your own. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. But, so more or less what, what happens is that I, I, there's a few people I follow on Twitter who are um, you know, pretty up to date with the, with the, on the meme scene. And uh, they're from the, um, what's what you call weird Catholic Twitter. Oh, uh, yeah, Catholic Twitter, guys, yeah. hashtag Catholic Twitter. Well, there's Catholic Twitter, yeah. but then there's apparently weird Catholic this Twitter. Weird, this is weird Catholic true. Twitter. Um, so they, 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 I need they to get write, back on Twitter. 
<laughs> of all the things, it's, it's, it's one of the things I've given up for Lent, which is really killing me. But anyway, it's probably a good thing. Um, because in my. I know you're going to come back and have like 80,000 notifications. Well, this is that people have hobbies. You know, you need a hobby. And my hobby is social media, I guess. So that's why I'm always on my phone. So the other bishops are always looking out and saying, did he dig his phone out? Did he, you know, what are you doing on your phone? Um, so, but you can easily, you can easily take one of the, the, the more contemporary, like at the moment, people were telling me last night, I was at a, um, a St. Patrick's dance, Patrick's dance, and they were telling me, have you seen the Italian memes? Have you seen the Italian memes? And I said, no, no, I'm off memes, I'm off memes. But anyway, you can imagine. <laughs> but you take something like that, which is, which is, um, I, I'm, I don't know whether, you know, the guy, the, um, the, um, uh, sprinkle, sprinkle chef. You know that meme? Oh yeah, yeah, the guy. Oh yeah, made, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. The sprinkle yeah. chef. Thing. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure someone would have made an Italian one of those by now. Uh, I haven't looked. But. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but it's those sorts of memes. So what you do is you, you can you can easily get a hold of one of those, which is you, you notice it's everywhere, and then just tweak it a bit, and you can write something, you know, and you can get a message across. So I think you'd be much more effective in producing pastoral memes than in doing pastoral letters. Interesting. Quick, I think that there's something I like that. I mean, I, I think that there's something to that. I think that there's a way, I think that the letters are like, for those of us who read them really profound, but for the other 50,000 people to a couple million, depending on, I guess, diocese size, like there's something to that. And it kind of goes back to that Jose Maria Escriva thing. Like I love the way just because I can read it for like 10 seconds and have something mm -hmm. to start my day with. And I think that the meme thing is something too. It's, it can be that quick reminder or that quick like idea that just kind of sticks in your head very much throughout the day. And I think that that's something really cool that pastors can do to reach out to people in a way that we maybe haven't looked into, mm -hmm. except apparently you are. And that'd be cool if other bishops like mine wanted to paving, He's paving, paving the meme trail for the church. Well, Catholic memes probably has true. that first place, but you're like in second place. And what yeah. is the deal with how solid the Australian bishops are on Twitter? Can I just say, there's like yeah, you guys are representing. Because I think is it, oh. it's you and Arch. Is it Archbishop Mark or Bishop Mark? Coleridge. Yeah. Bishop Peter Comensoli, and yeah, he gets into it too. Yeah. So they're all. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I guess it's one of those things that's kind of taken off in the last year or two. Do you guys uh, well, do I mean, Insta? What's that? Do we want? Are you on Insta or Snapchat? I actually do have Instagram. Um, I, I, I must confess, I haven't made much use of it yet. Uh, I haven't had much of it. You have to be taking, you know, it's all, you need good quality photos to, mm -hmm. to work with there, getting sure. the right moment. Uh, I have, look, Snapchat, that's that's one step too far for me. Um, Fair enough. Look, I'm not, I, I'm... <laughs> no. Oh, no. Fair enough. Not me, no. Uh, you seem to be doing just fine on Twitter and Facebook anyway. So, I mean, yeah, it's you know. true. It is true. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. There's it's okay. Instagram is just like how you reach your high school, like parishioners. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm happy to stay off Snapchat, but, um, yeah, the, the thing is with Twitter, I've been on Twitter for like a good five, six years and I've met a lot of people, um, that I really enjoy seeing what they have to say. So if you look at my Twitter follow, it's just ridiculous. It's not what you'd expect. Hmm. Uh, and there's no seeming relationship between the different people that I'm following. I mean, there's, you, you, you name it, you go, but how, why? 
Um, Wait, you're a Catholic bishop and you're following this person's like, what is that? Yeah, how does that make sense? But, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts. Like, really, seriously, there's all sorts of people from. Uh, you we know, have to check this out now. Like, down, believing, you know, atheist. Uh, but I just really enjoy the way that they say what they, you know, the, what they have to say. Um, and I, I learn a lot from that. So it stops me from being in an echo chamber, I guess. Mm -hmm. But it's not, I mean, you, it's, there, are, there were people that I used to follow who I disagreed with. So I, I'm, I'm into cognitive dissonance. But I think I that's would, important to a degree. Yeah. Like, I think you have to think about but what it's else not, other people say. It can't just be anybody, right? I mean, so I follow people I disagree with, but I also have a certain sympathy towards them, especially, and, and, and sometimes to the way that they would say things, even though I disagree. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I can't follow people that I uh, that are opposed but who, frankly, are just evil. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, of course. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I did try following some anti-life you know, uh, anti uh, advocates. And I just couldn't handle it. Mm -hmm. it, it, it was just it, like, I mean, it was, yeah, <laughs> it was just too evil. Mm -hmm. So I, I just couldn't keep going. Yeah. I, well, and, and it's kind of cool because it, it, it's like there's, it's a vacuum that somebody else I guess mercifully is is filling for the church. I mean, because there's the people who are, I think I can think of Hannah Williams who's down in Atlanta, and then a couple other people who just like follow and troll Cecile Richards on Twitter like constantly, and it's hilarious. And just I mean, it's just so poignant too. And and I think usually always in charity. I mean, we're all sinners, but hey, um, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I can totally. But there's a place. There's a, there is a place to. I mean, that's the, the trolling is pretty funny if you do it well. as is an art form. <laughs> yes, that's uh, true. Yeah. The, the thing is that the 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 thing of the anniversary of the honey the honey business with Richard Dawkins is always pretty funny. The what business? When he when he had his honey confiscated from him at the airport. He had honey. He confiscated? Oh from him. yeah. Bin Laden has won, you know, the honey. Oh, my God. And he got so upset about it. You know, it's not about the honey. Don't you see? I mean, that just makes it even funnier, you know. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of stuff, yeah, yeah you really. You were a G. Yeah, I think, uh, I think maybe my favorite tweet that you had sent out was just kind of the really frank, it's really hard to convince your, convince people that you're a bishop online. Yeah, no, I look, the number of times I have people say, you're a parody account. Or they demand from me that I lift up the newspaper with today's date and things like that. You know, I have to do all these challenges to prove who I am. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I, that's really cool. So yeah. I think so. We've been going for like almost an hour, which is pretty. Which is so pretty we should wrap it up. Yeah, it's long, so let's wrap it up. Yeah. Um, well, we. Where will... can we find you? Oh yeah, yeah. Where can we find you when it's not? Where Lent? can people find you if they want to hear this once Lent is over? Uh, where will I, so, so, well, I have my Facebook, so it's Bishop Richard Umbers. There's a page on Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, and then there's also on Twitter, um, after Lent, anyway, uh, I'm on, uh, I think it's Bishop Umbers, something like that. That'll be my handle. Cool. Yeah, I think, yeah, you are, in fact, just Bishop Umbers on, yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah. Well, see, no, tweets, no tweets since since Ash Wednesday. I think before Ash Wednesday. There you and go. So it's the sign off that you have, or the little warning on. Uh, I think it's on Facebook. Maybe not on Twitter, but it's like uh, the surprise lady with the surprise face when Ryan Gosling tells her something. It's like, sorry, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. He so has the <laughs> hold up a sign thing on uh, from the Oscars right now for. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No memes. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's just a silence. It's truly, truly a desert. Truly a 40 days in the desert. So, yeah. (laughs) Well, we will let you go. Graciously, thank you again for for being on. Thank you so much. And then I'll just, I'll be in touch with you for other stuff. um, Uh, Absolutely. Yes, yes. Very important. too would like to claim that Matt who had <laughs> secret conversations without me completely accidental maybe providential we could uh-huh. say while I'm That's making sure yeah, no, the no, no. doesn't burn we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk bureaucracy don't worry <laughs> yes yes please <laughs> okay great okay. to meet you yeah, God bless you all great to meet you too see you see you hey bye, bye. alright so let's wrap this shindig up um where can people follow find you follow Bishop Umbers yeah, they can find Umbers. me at Patheos, uh, eating peaches, or I'm eating peaches on Facebook and Twitter um, because T.S. Eliot's the bomb, and you can email me and stuff. I'm also on Mountain Catholic things. Matt, where can they find you or Uh, Mountain Catholic? On Twitter at Matthew J. Sewell. um, And everything is at MTN Catholic, so Instagram, Twitter. um, Oh, yeah, I'm on Insta too because this is awesome. Not on Snapchat, much like the bishop. I am on Snapchat, but it's like not. Yeah. I am on Snapchat, but I yeah. legitimately Snapchat like four people, and I then I sometimes forget about it because I just don't yeah. want to keep sending you photos of like, hey, look, I'm painting my nails. Same. My cat doesn't live in my house anymore, so I don't have really much material to snap. I know you only Snapchat me when you're like killing things or your cats at your house. Those are yeah. the two times that I get Snapchat. That is from- true. That is true. Uh, but in any case, yeah. So if you want to support the podcast, uh, please rate us, review on iTunes. We would super appreciate it. Um, and then... Do we have uh, any shout-outs from anything recently? I don't... Because we'd like to shout you out if you would like to rate us, Mom. Yeah. I can show you how. Email us or If whatever. you're my mom and you want to shout us up, we can do that. I can teach you how to do it on this. I don't know if Mom listens this long. Hi, Mom. Oh my gosh. Does she actually listen? I don't know. I taught my I'm mom hoping at to... some point she's gonna like make a reference to this and she'll have I'll know, but that'd be nice. I taught my parents how to download them. I don't know if they listen though. I, I taught my parents how to download them too. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, okay, cool. Well, I think that's that's good. So any um, real shout outs though? I don't have really any. I don't, I don't have any real shout outs. So. Um. Oh, my friend Eric Grodnick in Canada listened to us. So in case he listens to us again. Hey, Eric. Thanks for listening to at least one of our podcasts. We appreciate that. You should leave us a review. And I realize that I need to text you back. Bye. Awesome. Nice. Well, that's a good way to wrap it up. So catch you guys next week.